Well, I hope you guys are doing okay. You guys are looking really good. So humble and humble. Good looking, good looking and humble, huh? All right. Well, this morning I'm going to speak. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about grace and peace. It's it's by no means a, it's by no means a thorough. Uh, message about grace and peace. I mean, we could talk about grace and peace for, well, we will be talking about grace and peace forever and ever, right? Well, uh, let's go ahead and get on into it. If you guys are ready, you guys are ready for this? So my first point is grace. I don't know how they got that. Yeah, pretty awesome. Grace, we get kind of, we get kind of um, like, man, what is grace? You know, we get, we have all kinds of definitions for that. And, but um, my, my favorite definition of grace is is ability, the word ability. When God gave us his grace, I believe that he gave us ability. And for, to me, that just always stood out. When I know there's a lot of different uh, definitions for grace. Um, I looked in the, the, the Greek uh, concordance, the Strong's concordance on the word grace, and this is what it said. Would you guys just listen to the wonderful things that it says about grace? It says that grace means delight. Sweetness, charm, loveliness, goodwill, loving kindness, favor, benefit, bounty, thanks, recompense, recompense, recompense. That's a weird word, isn't it? Reward. And listen to this one right here. This one I really liked on this one. That which affords joy. I was like, I'm kind of liking that. Grace. Well, I'm going to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to read like verses 1 through 3. And Paul, and this is Paul, of course, writing to the church at Corinth. And Paul said, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours, verse 3, he says, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, but in Paul's letters to the churches, and even some that he wrote like to Timothy and Titus and all that, Philemon, um, at the beginning of the chat, at the very beginning, he says, Grace and peace be unto you. Romans, from Romans to Philemon, he says that. The only one I didn't see it was was in Hebrews, which we think Paul wrote Hebrews. They don't know. It doesn't Hebrews doesn't start off saying that Paul wrote it, but we think Paul wrote it. But he said grace and peace. If you look, every book, Romans, Corinthians, Thessalonians, Galatians, grace and peace. I think God was trying to tell us something. That he wants us to know that we have grace and peace. And notice he didn't say, I hope you get it one day, or I pray that God will give it to you. No, he says, grace be unto you. That's kind of weird that we wouldn't say that, would we? In our language, we would say, grace is unto you. Grace is given unto you. Peace is given unto you. So we all have grace and peace. And I know I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself talking about peace, but but you guys, you guys remember some of the words that I just said that grace meant? Grace. 
or benefit or charm or sweetness, reward, bounty is unto you. God has given us grace. He's given us grace to do anything and everything that he's called us to do. Anything that God says, hey, I've called you specifically to do this. He's given us the grace to get that done. And, and you know, um, when I was thinking about this message, I was thinking to myself how it almost seems like every time that you talk to people, anywhere you go, you always have people that they have, they have doubts about themselves, about their ability, about their, am I the only one? Sometimes when I'm up here and I'm, and we were talking about it last night, how if when I was 18 years old, if you would have told me that one day you're going to be a praise and worship leader, you're going to be up on stage talking and preaching and teaching, and you're going to be singing and playing a guitar at the same time. If you would have told me that when I was 18, I would have said, you are crazy. There's no way. My Vicky's parents got me to singing because they used to sing in, in the, their family used to sing in church. And when they finally got me up there, this is how I sing. When I sing, I sing like this. You couldn't hear a word I was singing. And that was fine with me. When I was 18, that's the that's way it was. You wouldn't know it now. And it's because of God's grace. It's because of what he's done for us. And if there's anything that you're facing in your life that you have those doubts, then get in, get in God's presence, talk to him about it, and get an assurance that his grace has been given to you. I'm going to look at Ephesians chapter 1. No, Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to start with verse 4. And forgive me that I'm going to read a little bit, but I'm just going to read some verses here. Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And he has raised us up together, made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that you being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes or at some time were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. This, these verses says a lot about God's grace to us. Notice he even says a couple of times in there, by grace you're saved. By grace you're saved. The thing that I want to show you about this, the, mo- the main thing I wanted to point out about this was, is that verse 13, notice that he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you that at some time were far off are made near by the blood of Christ. We are made near. God has brought us near to himself. I know for a long time I struggled with kind of a... Um, kind of a thing where I thought that maybe sometimes God was good and sometimes he was bad. 
uh, the denomination that I came in, that's the way they taught. You know, if you stepped out of line, if you did something wrong, you know, if you, um, um, I was trying to think of something like really silly, just something, you know, you could do something really just simple that was just maybe, you know, a little bit bad, a little bit wrong, you know, and man, God's going to smack you. And that's just not, that's not the way God is. That just is not the way God is. I heard, I heard one preacher say that if God was going to smack you, we would all been smacked. It'd be, we'd be, it'd be over, right? Uh, they used to say God will get you. You know, somebody they said, "Well, God will get you." Well, if he, if that was if that that was true, we would have all been done. We'd be done a long time ago, right? But that's not the case. God is good, and He's brought us near to Him. I'm going to go ahead and go on to my second point. Um, um, let me tell you guys a little bit something before I go to before I go to peace. Um, I was just thinking about um, with grace. Um, uh, my dad, I work for my dad, and he's got a shop and tools, and, and I was in there working on my car the other day. And I just was thinking when I was doing this message that grace, God's grace is like that. Like, I grew up, and my dad, he taught me how to work, and he taught me to work hard. He gave me a good work ethic. But but then, you know, I also get to enjoy all his stuff, all his cars that he's got, his, his shop, his tools. If I need to change my brake pads, which I did the other day, I just pull right into the shop. It's right across from my house, real convenient. And that's, I just got a really good picture of God's grace like that. That's the way God's grace is. It's not just one-sided. It's so many different things that God's grace just does some wonderful things for us. Well, let's look at peace. And I looked again in, in the Greek concordance for peace, and it's, it said this, that it meant this, tranquility, security, harmony, safety, prosperity. And get this, exempt from the rage and havoc of war. Pretty crazy, huh? And it means rest, and it means quietness. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. Again, I just want to show you guys another a beginning of Ephesians. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Again, he says it, grace and peace to you. Ephesians chapter 2, and we'll pick up with verse 14. It says, for he is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles here. And he says in verse 15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of two one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And he came and preached peace to you which were afar off and to them that were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation, the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together grows unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. The thing that I want to tell you guys about why I kind of felt like that I should talk about grace and peace is, is because I knew that we were going to pray, and I believe truly that when we pray, and we go before God, we have to go to him boldly. We have to know who we are. 
We can't come to God sheepish and timid and thinking, well, maybe, maybe he'll hear me, maybe he won't. If we, go, if we come to God like that, he's not going to hear us. Because he said, the Bible says, that God is only pleased with faith. He's only pleased with faith. And we have to come to him knowing who we are. We have to believe who we are. And we have to believe, that, like it says right here, that, he, that we have peace with him, that he's brought us close to him. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. I believe it's verse 17. My, my thing moved. Yes, 1 Thessalonians five seventeen says, pray without ceasing. We basically know that means that we should just be ready to pray at all times. Just always be willing to do it. Always be ready. Always be talking to God. You know, I go, we go through work and we get busy, but we should always just have a prayer on our breath that we're just saying, God, I just thank you for today. Thank you for whatever it is I'm doing right now. Even if it be a short, little bitty, simple thing, God just wants to talk to us. And 1 John 5, 14 says this, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire to him. So this morning I want us, when we start praying, to know that God has brought us close to himself. And he is not mad at us by no means, by no means. Jesus took care of all that. Anytime that, anytime that we go before God, I have to believe that he's not just seeing us, but he's seeing Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us. I read in Ephesians that it says we're seated with Christ. Y'all know where, where Christ is right now? He's at God's right hand, sitting on a throne. And it says we're seated with him. So God's not just seeing that nasty old ugly person 20 years ago. No, he's seeing Jesus. If you've asked Jesus into your life, he sees Jesus. You think Jesus got his prayers answered? You better believe he did. So I want you guys this morning to be bold in knowing the ability, the favor that God's given you, and the peace that you have with him, that you are close and you're seated with Christ at, his right, at God's right side. Okay? God bless you all.